Pop in the lid on all things real estate with Tina Miller Light and Sherry Ann Houser Bush. Your place to pop in and learn all about the home buying and selling process in a fun and lighthearted manner. Happy Thirsty Thursday, everybody. Hope everybody had a great Easter. Ooh, I did. Yeah, what did you do? Well, my family and I, we went to, we had brunch. And then we, those of us that wanted to stay and play a round of golf, we did. And it was a beautiful day. I think it was in the mid-80s. Did you hit a birdie? No, I'm not, I'm not that good. I actually just started golfing, but it's funny because I think I'm better than some of them, but the people I was playing with that have been playing for a while. Maybe it's beginner's luck. So what is a birdie? I don't know. I just hear that term tossed around. Birdie, bogey, into sand. I don't know. Is that I'm not really sure. Is that when you get your first hit and it goes right into the the hole? Why are you asking me that? I asked you. I don't, I don't know. know. I gotta bust out my how to book. Shane gave me a book on how to play golf, so maybe I need to bust that out. Well, if anybody's listening and can help help us out on what a birdie actually means. Yes. Please write it in the comments on our show. Sherry, what'd you do for Easter? Picked up trash on the side of the road. Well, you know what? You're very much into community service, so if there was any day that you would do it, I'm I'm not surprised it was Easter. Well, it's a pretty day. And I also worked on a listing that I have hit in the market tomorrow. Went over and did a little staging. Worked on the backyard a little bit to get it ready. Nice. So, anywho... I got a joke for you. Okay, go ahead. What do you call a lady who burns all of her bills? It's a lady who burns all of her bills. Well, a renter? <laughs> yes. That's not the, the correct answer, but yet is the correct answer. The the official answer is burn a debt. Burn a debt. Burn a debt. I love it. That's a good one. Okay, so today we're going to be providing insights and tips to help you navigate the exciting and sometimes overwhelming process of buying a home. Yeah, step by step, right, of what a buyer should anticipate when they start looking to purchase a home. Yeah, there's a lot of steps involved. Um, The first step being you need to speak to a lender, which if you don't have a lender, your realtor is happy to provide you with a list of of really good lenders. So your first step is going to be reaching out to that lender and getting a pre-approval. And you need that before you can submit any offers. Yeah, so a pre-approval. In order to get pre-approved by a lender, the lender is going to let you know all the documentation they need from you. They're going to run your credit score. They're going to find out how much debt you have. And they're going to be searching for the best possible mortgage loan that fits your specific needs. And they're going to tell you about all the different programs there are out there for you. Right. So there's down payment assistance programs. Um, And then I know that we've talked about this numerous times, that it's an absolute myth that you need to have 20% down. So there's different programs you could get into a loan for as little as 3% down, um, zero down if you're FHA. Uh, There's a program and it's slipping my my, my the mind. one we just talked about no. last week no not no, not, not the California american dream. dream the um oh my goodness we'll circle back around to that because i'm having a gigantic well brain besides fart. the name of it what what are the specifics of it so if you live in certain 
um, dedicated areas. Oh, okay. You get you like, can get it for zero down, and I can't. Oh my gosh. Is it more for ag? Like not ag, but um, it's not cow. It's residential. Okay. So there are plenty of programs out there. A lot of them differ in how much assistance you can get. Um, I think it's important to notate though, the more down payment you have, or the more down payment you put down, um, the less your mortgage payment is going to be. Mm -hmm. And in order to avoid what we call mortgage insurance, which would be an additional cost on top of your monthly mortgage payment, you would need to put at least 20% down. Right. Okay. So work with a, a lender to get your pre-approval. And once you're pre-approved, they will provide you with a pre-approval letter, letter, which we need when we're making an offer on a home. Right. And just FYI, it's USDA loans. Oh, you got it. I got it. Sorry about that. My brain's kind of fried right now. Yeah. And on the USDA loans, they are specific by uh, location of the property. Yeah. Your lender can tell you exactly, like if you're looking at one, um, you can give them the address and they'll tell you whether it qualifies for that USDA loan. Okay. So let's just say for purposes of this podcast... The buyer now has a pre-approval letter in hand. Okay. And is ready to start looking. So what's our next step? Well, we're going to put you on a portal, a search portal, that will automatically email you anytime something new hits the market that fits your criteria. And so it's important for you to make a list of all the things that are going to be important to you that you want in a home. But one of the most important things to remember is location. Because you can't change the location. You can change the house, but you can't change the location. So you want to make sure that that location is going to be one that you want to live in, that you want to live in long term, right? Right. So as far as a particular city, Mm -hmm. A particular neighborhood. Mm-hmm. If school districts matter to you, if you have children and you want them in a specific school district, um, what else? If you want to be closer to work, some people don't want to commute as far as you know, back and forth to work. Something you know what? And I have a lot of people that relocate here from other areas. And something to consider when we're thinking about location is fog. Oh yes. I, I've had so many buyers that it's now part of my thing when I have people relocating. I said, hey, you got to know about the fog. And so most recently we had one and they were going to look over in um, like Kerman kind of area. And he's working at the Air Force Base. And so that fog was going to be a big issue for him coming in and so location mattered we were able to find him something here in Clovis minutes from work yeah um, that fog so could be like pea soup here in our valley yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was a young buck back in high school um, the fog was so bad I literally had to roll the window down sometimes you have to roll the window down and look at the the lines in the road just to make sure you're on the road so Yeah, I mean, those are definitely things to consider and things that you want to bring up with your realtor when you're considering a location. 
I'm envisioning you hanging your head out the window like a dog. Oh my gosh, it was so scary. And I was young. I think I was, what, 16, 17? And I literally just was going less than a mile to the grocery store from my house. It was bad. Yeah. Oh, we don't have that stuff where I'm from. <laughs> I, I moved out here and I was like, what in tarnation? I can't see in front of me. Literally could not see my street. You don't get fog there? No, not like, no. Not like here. We get ice and tornadoes and, you yeah. know. Well, the... we're experiencing some new things now. Yeah. Yes, we are. But anyway, we just digressed. Sorry about that. That's okay. So location, obviously, it depends on your situation. So picking a location is really important. And your realtor will be able to, you were talking about a portal through the multiple listing service. Mm-hmm. So that is probably one of the best sources that you can be on and it'll email you typically daily or instantly when a new listing comes on that meets the criteria of what you're looking for. Yeah, and then we'll also set you up with an app, with the MLS app. And so that will allow you while you're out driving around um, if you're anywhere near a listing, you can hit the little button and it'll bring up all the details on that listing for you. And then you can create searches from that as well. Yeah. And you get that through your realtor. And that is really the most accurate source because a lot of people will look online at third party sources, um, which, you know, unless they're here living in our area, it's not always very accurate. So you want to make sure that you are looking at the most accurate information and if you do drive by a house that you weren't aware of that you see a a new for sale sign you can always contact your realtor and have them uh, look up the information for you and so some of the information that we're going to need to be able to set that up for you is you know how big of a home do you want what's the square footage how many bedrooms how many bathrooms do you want a pool do you want a single story yes because size does matter size size matters yes it does like how big is your family how many rooms you want like you said do you want to oh maybe you're working from home maybe you need a home office maybe you need a two-car garage a three-car garage rv parking yes a lot of things to consider and you know Will you get all of the things that you want or need? Rare. Yeah, you might have to. You might have to prioritize. Prioritize and maybe plan to add some of those things on a property that you might not have it. Right. As long as that location is where you're at, I mean, you can always add on an extra bathroom or do some remodeling or whatever you need to do. But that location, there's a reason why they say location, location, location. Yeah. That is, in my opinion, the most important thing. And a swimming pool in our area in the summertime is almost a must. I mean, most people that I've worked with would love to have a pool. It's not, it's not a, you know, it's not going to kill the deal, but most people in our area would like to have a swimming pool. But you can always put it in later. Or... You just make really good friends with your neighbor who has a pool. Yes. And then you just, you become, yeah, you become (laughs) BFFs with your neighbor. Take home, take them a casserole. That's what we do in the South. Cut out a gate, uh, cut out for a gate in your fence. Yeah. Just like pass through. Yeah. Have some casseroles, pop open a beer. Yeah. Enjoy your neighbors. 
Pool. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely you want to narrow down the specifics of your ideal home. And then the next thing to do, once you do find that property and you go with your realtor to look at it and you decide this is definitely the one, then we need to talk about the next step would be submitting an offer, putting an offer together for that property. Yeah, so you want to work with your realtor to come up with the best plan for that offer. Your realtor should run comps just to see if the home's priced right. For that neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Um, find out kind of what the seller's wants and needs are while they're moving. You know, how many, do they already have offers in? How many offers do they have in? So we want to put you in the best position possible to write a solid offer, especially in this competitive market. We're starting to see, I'm going to go back, a couple years ago, we were seeing multiple offers on just about every listing and things were going for 30, 40,000 over ask. They were waiving appraisals, um, buying these homes as is, waiving the inspections and things like that. And then about mid-May last year, it kind of slowed down and we weren't seeing that stuff anymore. Well, rarely, we're still seeing a little bit of it. Um, sellers were making concessions and paying some closing costs and offering to buy down the rates because that's when the rates started going up. Right. Well, now I'm seeing the return of these multiple offers. I'm not seeing, I was just in a situation like that. I'm not seeing it to the extreme that we saw it a couple of years ago, but I am starting to see that again. And so it's important that you put yourself in the best position to compete with some of these other offers. offers that are coming out. Yeah, I think, and we're seeing that right now come back again because we're still, if you think about it, we're still in a housing shortage. Right. And when there's not a lot of inventory out there to choose from, you've got multiple buyers trying to put offers in on the same property. And so you definitely want to make sure you're communicating with your realtor who is an expert in negotiating terms and put together the best possible offer that you can from the very beginning. Right. And some of the ways to make these offers more appealing is if you have cash, that's a good way. Now, keep in mind, cash, we hear cash is king, but it's really, I mean, it's good and it will win a lot of offers. But in my opinion, it's more the terms because money's money. And I find that most people, when they're putting in a cash offer, they want to come in lower because they're cash for some reason. Yeah, we do see that a lot. And then when you think that the cat all cash offer is going to get accepted, really, like you said, sellers are leaning more towards what are the best terms. Right. And so, and I'll give you an example. I'm closing escrow on one tomorrow where I was in a multiple offer situation with my buyers and there was a cash buyer and then there's us with FHA loan, government loan, and then we had a conventional buyer. The cash offer came in lower. The conventional offer came in a couple of thousand dollars higher. We're sitting in the middle with 
probably the least favorable in people's eyes mm-hmm. alone. But our terms was what won this house for us. What, like, example of what what, what were your terms? Okay, well, first of all, we, we did write our offer over ask, mm-hmm. which they all were, except for the cash buyer, which, again, cash is not always king. It's great because you can waive the appraisals when you have a cash offer, there's no appraisal. Um, they can close faster. That's kind of the benefit of a cash offer. But what we did is we we went in over ask. We gave them um, a week free to stay in possession of the house mm-hmm. after close of escrow. Um, we didn't ask for anything. We, we said we'll do our inspections. And we're not going to ask for anything unless it's something like a health and safety problem that's going to need to be done. So we just, we made it really easy. We asked the seller, what kind of escrow do you need? You know, we want to work with you to make this process as easy as it can be for both the buyer and the seller. Yeah, I I find a lot of times communication with, between both realtors is key because when you're calling and you're asking what are your what do your sellers want Mm -hmm. that makes a world of difference and if you're not calling and communicating and you you have no idea you know what's going to make the difference for your offer and allowing sellers to stay maybe a couple days maybe a couple weeks or a week makes a huge difference for your seller because they need time to pack up. They're, they might be on some kind of time frame where their new place isn't going to be ready right away. Maybe they need to close escrow in order to transfer funds to pay for their new you know, home that they're buying. Um, there's a lot of different reasons why it would be appealing for them to be able to stay rent-free sometimes. Um, in their home until they're ready to move so and also i I noticed too what's coming back what i hear is appraisal gaps Mm -hmm. so meaning you're thank you yeah we wrote that that? yeah we did i felt like i was forgetting something like i i told y'all my brain's kind of toast today but yeah we did we did a five thousand dollar appraisal gap in that that as well so meaning we paid five thousand dollars over the appraisal price up to the purchase amount and so if it comes in under ask or i'm sorry under the appraise amount we're going to pay up to a certain amount but we're never going to pay over the purchase price right so you're going to cover you're going to cover the amount if it comes in low yeah five thousand comes in yeah lower. we covered five thousand yeah. dollars of the appraisal shortage and so what happened was it came in ten thousand under the ask price and so we came up to five thousand dollars and then the seller lowered the price five thousand dollars and so we kind of met in the middle there yeah. and closed escrow and i feel like it's so important as realtors to be having these conversations with other realtors and calling and asking them you know what are your wants and your needs what do you need from us to make this happen Absolutely. And have a good relationship. I will tell you that this agent that I just, I'm closing with tomorrow, is one of the best agents that I've ever worked with. Oh. Very responsive, very just 
wanting to make this work for both parties. It's been a great escrow. So it's important to have those good relationships. Yes, absolutely. So once we get our offer written, then we submit it. Right. And part of the process, maybe the sellers don't accept it the way, initially the way that it's written. And they have the opportunity to counter back. Maybe there's something about it that doesn't fit their needs completely. So they might counter back. They might counter back several offers. They might counter back just your offer. And then the buyer then has the opportunity to either say, I'm keeping my offer as is, or maybe tweaking a little bit to you know, come up to whatever the seller's needs are, if it's doable. Yeah. And then hopefully everyone's happy and the offer's accepted. And then we go right into opening escrow. Right, and that's where you're gonna now put in your deposit. And another way, let's go back a little bit, another way to strengthen your offer is to also strengthen your deposit. And that's okay because that deposit is just gonna come out of your funds to close in the end. Yeah, so it gets, your deposit, really what you're saying to the seller is, I'm giving you like a security deposit. I'm showing you that I'm serious in purchasing your home. And typically it's what, one to 3% that we recommend for a deposit of the purchase mm-hmm. price. And you would then have three, once your offer is accepted, you would then have the three day period to get your deposit over to escrow. And escrow deposits it into your escrow account. And that's where it's held until the end of the escrow. And when closing occurs, then it goes towards your down payment. Right, that that deposit is safe until you have, we've talked about these deadlines over and over your contingency period. So 17 days um, until you release your contingencies, that deposit is safe in escrow then if you were to back out for some reason after you've released those contingencies at day 17, that's when that deposit would come become at risk. Otherwise, it's just going to come out of your closing funds at the end. So it's going to be less money you have to come in with. And your realtor is guiding you the whole time, letting, making you aware of those deadlines. Yeah, we are on top of those deadlines for sure never want you to be in a position where you're going to lose that deposit. Yeah, because that sometimes can be costly for sure. So then we've also got, besides the deposit, other upfront fees that a buyer can expect to pay are for their inspections. And your inspections will vary depending on the property. So a typical home might definitely need a home inspection and the also a pest inspection to make sure if, if there's any active termites or any anything that looks like it might turn into a termite situation that dry rot yes dry rot which basically is when wood turns into what's the best way to say it when you kind touch of it. soft yeah it, it, it becomes soft and spongy yes and that might be due to water hitting it over the years so 
you know, if it's on the outside of the home, we see it a lot uh, up in the um, roof line where the fascia board is. So a lot of times over the years with water dripping on it or hitting it, um, also siding, you might get that soft wood to start. And that is an area where if you do get soft wood, that termites might uh, potentially target. So they like to see that repaired or replaced. Um, your home inspector is going to do things like they're going to check the electrical, they're going to check the plumbing, they're going to check various things. Um, roof inspections, septic inspection. Yeah, if you have septic, not all properties have, a lot of properties are on city wells and, and uh, septic, but if you're in a property that has its own individual septic system and water well, you want to make sure you account for those. And when going back to when you're writing your offer, if you do have a septic or well inspection that you need to consider, maybe building, thinking about building those costs or even asking the seller to pay for some of those inspection costs because they, they can add up. Mm -hmm. um, in our area, you know, a combo well and septic inspection, you're looking at probably close to $1,000 for those inspections. But you have to make sure that you're going to have enough water and enough septic area. Um, so those are very important um, inspections to get. Right. And then appraisal is going to be another fee that you will have on top of your inspections. Yeah, and that goes through your lender. So as a buyer, your lender is going to order your appraisal. Sometimes I've seen where the lender is offering maybe a free appraisal. They're, they're offering to cover that cost. It just depends on what the program they have available. If it's not covered, then appraisals, I don't know where they're going for right now, like $450, $500, maybe a little more. Yeah, somewhere in, in our area. In, in somewhere yeah. in there. So... When you first initially start looking and you're submitting offers, you want to make sure that you know your realtor should be explaining those upfront buyer costs to you. Those are your out-of-pocket costs. Right, and it, but the lender will be responsible for telling you what that appraisal is. That's not something that we as realtors handle. That's something that your lender is going to order for you, and then you have to pay for that upfront before they order the appraisal. I'm sorry, the appraiser to go out there. Yeah. Um, so your earnest money deposit will go into what we call escrow or title company. And the role of the escrow is to, they're a third party, unbiased third party. They're going to make sure that the transaction proceeds, that all of the necessary documentation is received that's where you'll go towards the end of the transaction to sign all your final documents in front of a notary. Um, they hold on to the earnest money deposit until the end of the transaction and they also run title to make sure there's no negative, that, that you can get a clear title. Yeah, I don't want any clouds on the title. Right, so you want to make sure there's no no one else that can later come back and say, hey, I was part owner of that property that you sold, um, that there's no liens against the property. A lot of times you'll see maybe, you know, the seller had at some point 
done some work to the property. Uh, we were seeing a lot of it with the solars when they first came out and or replacing windows or whatever. And sometimes those can be considered liens against the property. Tax liens. Tax liens. I had that I, I had that happen to you me. Did. Yeah, I had the yeah. seller and ran the prelim and there were four or five tax liens yeah. on it. And that, so all that has to be paid. Right. And so that's by the kind seller. Of important because yeah. escrow is gonna provide you with a preliminary report. And it was that preliminary report that I was able to see those those tax Thanks. liens. And so that's going to be a report that's going to come to you within the first, I think, five days of opening up escrow, that and the um, natural hazard disclosure that you want to review pretty closely. But those are some of the services that your escrow company is going to provide to you. Yes. And um, appraisal, obviously, when that's ordered, that is basically a value they're going to value the property based on you know past sales data location size and condition of the home and sometimes the appraiser will also have to call out anything that might be considered problems with the physical condition of the property that will have to be taken care of before the close of escrow and usually that's going to be things like broken window or if you see dry rot peeling paint but keep in mind uh, the appraisals for a conventional loan and the appraisals for a government loan are a little bit different in the way that they look at the property so conventional loan they're not necessarily going to be so concerned about some peeling paint whereas a government loan that appraiser is probably going to call out some peel and paint just happened to me actually on this escrow I'm closing tomorrow uh, because that could turn into something like dry rot. That's important to keep all your fascia and stuff painted. Um, when that paint starts to peel, you'll make sure you paint it because if you don't, that paint is what's protecting the wood from the moisture and stuff getting in there and getting the dry rot and getting the termites. Yeah. So that's some of the things that appraisers are looking at that could trigger a reinspection to come out. Yeah, and typically there's going to be a, a small reinspection fee. So we do everything we can to prevent having to have a reinspection. You know, making sure that there's smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors, that the water heater is double strapped, um, some common stuff that we know an appraiser would call out. And your home inspector should be able to identify all of that if there's any issues with that. Right. Hopefully the listing agent is having conversations with their sellers before they put this on the market so it's already addressed and that will prevent this issue from happening in the first place. Right. And if it's if there are a lot of issues, then maybe they're advertising that property as more of a a type of a property for an investor. Mm -hmm. Someone that's gonna come in and flip it and so your realtor should be able to direct you towards the properties that fit your needs and your specific loan type. Mm -hmm. So on a typical 30-day escrow, your inspections are going to last for the first 17 days. So you have the first 17 days to perform all of those inspections. 
And then the loan contingency is, I believe, 21 days still. And um, so your lender should be able to confirm that everything is good with your loan within the first 21 days and ready to move forward. And so that really just leaves, you know, maybe the last 10 days to get everything completed. Escrow is going to contact you to come in and sign any final documentation. Um, you'll have to bring in your down payment and any money for any closing costs as well during that time. Anything else you can yeah, think then, of on that? And then right about the same time, you're going to go back. It's going to be your opportunity to go back to the the house and do your final walkthrough. And that final walkthrough is to verify that any negotiated repairs that were promised have been done and that the home is basically in the same condition as it was when you wrote your offer. Yeah, and we love those final walkthroughs because that also gives the buyer an opportunity to maybe bring in, you know, their family members or friends that they want to share, you know, they want to, them to see it. You're taking measurements, so maybe you're ordering furniture or you're um, ordering a refrigerator. Um, but obviously, you know, don't go hog wild and order a bunch of stuff because that would put a mark on your credit. So we want to be careful about what your, you know, what type of things you're purchasing during the whole process because you don't want to uh, make a difference in your credit score during any of the time while we're in escrow. And your lender should be able to, you know, identify those things for you. Yeah, seen it happen. People go out and they buy like a house full of furniture, put it on a credit card right before closing. Lender reruns their credit. Bam, guess what? You no longer qualify for this home. Here you were, you thought you're at the end stretch and you just got the proverbial rug ripped yeah. right out from under you. So don't, 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 don't buy a fridge. Don't, don't buy, buy a car. Unless you're paying cash for something, <laughs> yes. just don't do it because it's not over until it's over. That house is not yours until it's recorded at the county recorder's office. So just be in good communication with your lender. Yep. About, don't switch jobs. Yeah, don't do any of that. So anything that might threaten your credit score or your income, don't do it. And then the best day that we all look forward to is closing day. Mm -hmm. We love that day because that's the official, when the official transfer of ownership happens. Escrow sends documents over to the county recorder's office and that's where they record you as the new owner of the property. Yep, and then you get your keys. Lender, the lender, the your realtor meets you at the house, let you in, bring your friends, your family, bring some champagne. It's it's your house now. Pull the moving truck up. Yeah, and load. Have a party. <laughs> it's it's your home. So that's kind of what happens in the in the process. So I just want to go back to what I said earlier about the loan contingency removal date. Um, I believe I mentioned it was 21 days. It used to be that, but now thinking about it, it changed to 17 days. So all of your inspections and the loan contingency removal are all 17 days now. So I just wanted to clarify that. All right, thanks for clarifying that, Tina. Okay, so I think we're gonna wrap it up now. I think we're both kind of real estate wasted and 
need an Uber home. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's gorgeous outside. Let's go. Let's go have a great day. Oh, uh, one thing. In regards to the peanut butter and jelly. Oh, yes. Let's hear about jelly it. Jelly drive. Quick update. So tomorrow is our final day to collect peanut butter and jelly but our goal is 500 pounds i just want to let you guys know that we're only 49 pounds away yay that's awesome Woo-hoo. we have raised a lot of peanut butter and jelly and our clients and our friends um, have been absolutely amazing. Yeah. Could not do it without you guys. And sure, you've done an amazing job on this whole peanut butter and jelly drive. You really took it the bull by the horns, and you've done an amazing job just keeping you know everyone informed and really getting out there and and collecting you know the donations. So thank you so much for doing all that. Oh, thanks, Tina. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we will see you guys next week. Peace, love, and real estate.